1: Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately he got the handoff. And the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
2: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like A Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like A Jet One. And I want to welcome back to the show multiple time guests, one of my favorite people to talk to. He's going to go through the Jets draft class with me. And that is Jim Coburn of All Pro Football Data. Jim, thanks so much for coming back on the show, sir.
3: Thanks for having me on. Uh, super excited. Obviously, everybody says draft, draft miss or draft Christmas or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's, it's a great time to be a, a draft guy because uh, you're kind of analyzing the draft and getting ready for the season.
2: Jim, you have your data and analytics system. And before we get into each individual player and your overall grade and all that, can you please explain the grading system, how you came up with it and exactly what the data and analytics entail? Because I know we do this every time you come on the show, but especially now, because I think your grade is going to be a little bit different than people are seeing in other places. It's worth re-explaining everything.
3: Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, my grades, as, as some people may not know or are familiar with, is I'm looking at the data of a player. So everything from how tall they are, how big they are, um, how fast they run in terms of athletic measurements, you know, the, the vertical, the broad jump, short shoulder, three cone, uh, looking at their production in college, which is various different production metrics. We can do a whole whole show on all the metrics and data that goes into the scores, but all it is is you're just taking everything that you can measure about a player on paper versus on film, and then you compare that to every single player that has gone through the draft uh, to kind of see where they kind of shake out based on all those different measurements and data points. So, For example, one of the new grading systems I'm doing this year is called the expected approximate value metric, which is, I call EAV. Uh, And essentially what it is, is you go to pro football reference and they have a, a number called approximate value. What it is, is they take all the different production measurables that they do at the NFL level in terms of accolades and production and all those other kinds of things and, uh, all-star, all-star events, all those different kind of things. They add it all together to kind of give one number for a player. Now, it's not perfect because there's obviously players that are going to be undervalued. I think typically positions like wide receiver and tight end typically get undervalued a little bit just because they're not as much rushing the football as much as they usually, except for Devo Samuel, of course. But, you know, the NFL is definitely kind of going towards more running with the with wide receivers. But, if you're a wide receiver, who doesn't really rush the football as much. Your grades will be a little bit lower. However, it's still a pretty good system to give a general idea of how good these players are. And all that I did was I took all of my data that I've collected over the last decade in terms of production, athleticism, physical measurements, and all those other sort of things. And I looked at the where they went in the draft. So if they were a first-round player in the top 10 or the top 32, et cetera, looked at all the data, basically scored them all based on what they did pre-draft based on their data, and then I looked at the players that were drafted similar to them and then gave a general score for them. So I hope that all makes sense, but essentially you're just taking all the data that they have, you're looking at how other players who were drafted in a similar position did, and you're kind of comparing them to players that score like that and then you're giving a general score for them based on that, based on so essentially players that had the same height, the same production, athleticism, those other sort of measurables. You compare them to other players that were drafted in the same round because draft status has a big impact on, on things. I think people don't realize how much if you get drafted versus not get drafted, not getting drafted has a big impact in terms of your overall success. Just because again, if, if teams have to believe in you first. It doesn't matter how, good you are as a football player teams don't believe in you you're never going to get a chance so draft status has a big impact on it as well but based on all of that that's how the 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 scoring happened this year is i gave a, a expected approximate value score for every single player that was drafted and then i also did a value rank so i took the average approximate value of every pick since 1999 and gave a general, it basically gave you an idea, okay, what typically is the approximate value of a pick taken here? So if you just randomly took a player who was picked first overall, uh, then what would the approximate value of all those players, you know, added up and then divided by how many years it was, is, and then you grade what the expected approximate value is, based on what the average approximate value is for that position, which is just the value rank. Because value is just about, did you get a player in that round that is worth what other players taken in in that that round typically perform? Because you could definitely take a guy in the top 10 who becomes a long-term starter, but are they a Pro Bowl player? Are they a really special player, or are they just a starter? And so that's kind of what that, that kind of deals with to a certain extent in terms of the value metric. So those are two different things. EAV deals more with what their actual impact is going to be in the NFL, and value just deals with what is the typical value of a player taken at that pick
1: Jumba. No purchase necessary. Prohibited by law. Eighteen Plus Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
2: Jim, with everything you just explained in mind, let's go pick by pick, and then we'll get to the overall grade and how it compares to the other teams after that. Let's start with Sauce Gardner at number four. What did your data and analytics say there?
3: So based on Sauce Gardner, um, he had an expected EAV of 3.4 uh, which if you want to get that into a, a, like a number sense or a grade sense, he scored about a 70 to 79 out of hundred in terms of his percentile rank. But the problem with him is that his, the approximate value of that pick at pick four is 6.07. So that, that's kind of the issue with the first pick for Sauce Gardner is when you look at his overall data from his production metrics, his athleticism measurables and everything else, he didn't test like a top five cornerback. And the the cornerbacks he actually tested with who had similar scores to him, uh, similar EAVs, if you will, that were drafted in his his, uh, area were guys like Will Jackson, Jeff Gladney, Aaron Ross. And he's probably the lowest rated cornerback. Actually, not even probably. He's the lowest rated cornerback based on EAV metrics since Eli Apple. So he just... Doesn't have, and the issue with him is just simply this: he had below-average production at Cincinnati. Um, he is someone who didn't play a very tough strength of schedule. Again, I know Cincinnati went to the Final Four in terms of college football, but he wasn't playing Alabama every week. And he also, in terms of his athleticism, he only had an average speed score for his size. So he's he's a little light. I mean, let's just be honest: he doesn't really compare to any of the other top 10 cornerbacks that you think about like a Jalen Ramsey or a Darrell Reeves, which I think a lot of Jets fans are familiar with, uh, or uh, Charles Woodson, uh, those sort of elite, elite cornerbacks, he doesn't really have the same traits as those guys. So the first pick for them is just not that good, if that makes any sense. Now, again, a 3.4 EAV is not terrible. I think there is a chance that he can become a starter for the Jets, but I just don't believe based on the data, based on his EAV, that he's going to be a cornerback that is going to be worth where he was taken in the draft. So from a value standpoint, he's not a good pick. From a EAV standpoint, or a, like, is he going to improve the team? I think he definitely can improve the team. It's just he's not going to improve it as much as you typically want from a pick, you know, at, at fourth overall. Uh, going to the next pick, of course, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver um, at Ohio State. Um, His EAV was a 4.65, which, again, in terms of uh, if you just want to give it a percentile score, that's like 80 to 89 in terms of uh, overall score compared to every single EAV uh, or approximate value since uh, 1999. Um, And with him, uh, it was pretty much on value. The average AV for that pick is 5.26. So not exactly as high. Um, his AV, his EAV doesn't really compare to what the average, approximate value is there, but I think he can end up becoming a starter. Um, similar wide receivers to where his his EAV are um, is Will Fuller and Rashad Bateman are probably the two wide receivers that kind of are most similar to him in terms of production and athleticism traits. Um, Garrett Wilson has above average speed, but he's not exactly the most explosive player in terms of his. Um, lower body explosiveness, um, and those other sort of traits. So Garrett Wilson is definitely somebody that can be a good player, but he's not exactly somebody that I think will be a a special player based on the data. So, again, from a value standpoint, it's closer to what the value is at that pick, but not necessarily where it needs to be. Um, Next up, of course, you got Jermaine Johnson, um, the edge uh, from Florida State. Um, His EAV was 3.63. His, you know expected approximate value is 3.63, which is sort of in the 70 to 79 range in terms of if you want to think about that as like a grade or a general percentile grade. Um, and the, the average approximate value at that pick at 26 is 3.47. So that pick was pretty much on par with what you're going to get at pick 26. And in terms of his comparables, on the high end of it is Anthony Spencer, which I think some people, Dallas Cowboy fans are probably really familiar with Anthony Spencer. And then on the low end, you're looking at a guy like Bjorn Werner, Lawrence Jackson, those types of players. The biggest issue with Jermaine Johnson, based on his data profile, is he did not do any agility drills. And I think if he, if we had some sense of how how much balance he has in terms of short shoulder three cone, he'd be a better sort of projection. Since we don't have that, all we have is just above-average speed score and below-average explosiveness. But... That was probably one of the better picks that you guys made in terms of Jermaine Johnson. Um, and then, of course, you get to probably the best pick um, out of the whole draft for the Jets based on data is Brees Hall, running back out of Iowa State. Um, he had an EAV of 6.41, um, which, again, is like in the 90 to 99 uh, percentile in terms of that metric. And. Uh, the average at that pick is about 5.25. So that was one of probably your better value picks in terms of Brees Hall, because Brees Hall was graded as, as easily a first-round running back in this class who kind of fell into the second round. And in terms of his comparables, uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Lamont Jordan, Michael LaShore, and Jonathan Taylor is kind of on the high end. My general comparison for Brees Hall, regardless of round, is Chester Taylor. Um, I think a lot of people may not be, you know, kind of younger people may not be familiar with Chester Taylor, but Chester Taylor was a fantastic running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, But if you imagine Brees Hall being a guy that can do everything for you, you know, catch the football in the backfield, uh, he's just an all-around back. You know, you don't have to do a committee system. I know that the Jets do have some other running backs who are going to get in rotation, but I think Brees Hall is definitely one of those true, can-do-it-all type running backs. And I think he probably was the best pick from that perspective. Uh, and then, of course, you get to the last picks in kind of uh, third-round, fourth-round area. Jeremy uh, Ruckert tight in at Ohio State. Um, he had an EIV of about .75. The average for that pick is about 2.15. And the biggest issue with Ruckert is just that he, he didn't have any athletic testing to see, you know, how athletic he is. Or there, he didn't really do any testing. And his production was low. He had about a 20 percentile um, production score. Um, and tight ends that he kind of tested close to were guys like Tyler Croft and uh, another Ohio State tight end, and Nick Vinette, um, who's another guy like that. So Jeremy Record is someone that I think could possibly become a starter. I mean, he has all the things on paper that could become a starter, but there's not one thing that sticks out about him on paper that says that this guy is going to be a, a high-end tight end at the NFL level. He may just be just a guy, you know, just part of the roster, but not necessarily somebody that is going to have a big impact. Um, Then, of course, we get to Max Mitchell at 111. Um, He had an EAV of .75, um, which is about below average, you know, basically kind of, I guess if you were to say like an F grade, I guess you could say an F, but I really don't like ABC type grades. But um, the the AV for that pick is 2.22 and he was about .75, so that was a pretty poor choice, probably one of the the worst picks that the Jets had um, because he's just below-average athletic in terms of every measurable, um, below-average in terms of explosiveness, speed, and flexibility for his size. The closest tackle to his testing is Michael Thompson, um, who was one of the tackles that kind of tested closest to him, and and he really didn't do much at the NFL level, more of a backup-type player. Um, And the last pick, Michael Clemens, edge from Texas A&M, his EAV was 1.47, which again is is close to like a 50 sort of score for that. Um, And then his AV was 2.09. So at that pick, you typically are taking a guy that's about a 2.09 in terms of the approximate value, the average at that pick. And his expected EAV is 1.47. Uh, which is a little bit less than what you want. And in terms of his testing at that range, he basically has the Darius Smith athleticism with Charles Tapper production. So, probably a guy that maybe in that min- middle area, I guess, he could probably be better than Charles Tapper uh, in terms of his sort of overall impact, but kind of looks more like a backup rotational pass rusher, not somebody who's going to have a huge impact at the next level. Um, but overall as I kind of went through grading the draft rating every single team um, the Jets had the fourth best EAV rank so when I took every single player that every single team drafted added up what their EAVs were going to be and then compared it to every single team the Jets were the fourth best team in in the NFL this year in terms of the draft Uh, so essentially these players are going to improve the team. Every player I mentioned, like Sauce, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, all those guys, particularly those four, are going to have a big impact and are going to be able to help the team immensely this year. Uh, it's just value-wise um, in terms of where they took them, um, the Jets were kind of on the low end. In fact, they scored – just looking at my chart right here, um, they, they had a 32 value rank. So in terms of the picks that they took, they typically pick players that are not going to have as much approximate value as the average at the picks that they selected them at compared to the rest of the NFL. So it's kind of, you have to kind of wrap your mind around that, I guess. So for the most part, the Jets draft was good. You're going to have players that are going to improve your team long term. But in terms of the value, in terms of the picks that you had, essentially all that means is that you probably could have done better. So that's all that that really means for the most part. A, there are a lot of picks the Jets had where they could have taken other players that could have improved the team more. But with the players that they took, once the, Jet, once the, the whole draft is over, the picks that they took do have a good shot of being contributors to the, to the Jets uh, for a long time.
2: Jim, in terms of the actual value of the picks, like you said, according to your metrics, the Jets improved the team with each of these picks, but could have done better with each pick in terms of value. How did the Jets stack up in that regard, in terms of getting the best value at each particular spot compared to other teams? I know you had the Patriots ranked a lot higher than most people did. A ton of people panned the Patriots draft, but you actually had a high grade on it. Talk me through that a little bit.
3: Sure. Uh, well, in terms of the the, pa- the Patriots, because I know I got a lot of flack for it, but you have to, to kind of understand it from this perspective. I'm not grading these players based on a consensus draft board. I'm not grading these players based on a draft analyst big board. I didn't write down, okay, these are my top 100 players based on the film. This is just based on the numbers and the data. So the... When you look at the Patriots draft, they pick players that now, – now keep in mind this. So the, the Jets had a better draft in terms of improving their overall team. The, the Patriots actually had a 16 out of 32 in terms of their overall EAB. So the Jets improved their team more than the Patriots. Again, just keep that in mind. But when you look at the value rank, the players that the, the Patriots took – Uh, So just for example, when you take a guy like Cole Strange, I know a lot of people looked at the Cole Strange pick as strange. You know, he's a guy that a lot of people had a sort of a day four pick. I think uh, there was a clip of of the Rams uh, head coach and GM that were laughing at the pick going, oh, wow, you know, I could have took him in the fourth round. But when you actually look at Cole Strange in terms of his data, in terms of his height, his weight, his measurables – He was one of the most athletic offensive linemen in this draft class. He had 90-plus percentile in terms of speed, 90-plus percentile in terms of flexibility for his size, with 80-plus percentile explosiveness. And, again, if you actually talk to a lot of film scouts, they love his tape. So you might be like, okay, well, the consensus has them, you know, they're supposed to go day four, you know, day three, you know. They're supposed to go in the fourth round or or the third round. But when you actually look at his data and you compare his data to other, you know, offensive linemen taken in the first round, he's right in line with those types of players. And most of the players taken in the first round that score as high as Cole Strange end up being really good contributors at the next level. In terms, you know, basically scoring really high um, expected approximate values. So, again, from that perspective, the Patriots draft wasn't that bad. Um, And, of course, you go through the rest of their, I don't want to go through the entire Patriots draft class because, you know, this is a jet show. But when you look at the rest of the picks they took, they took a lot of players that, based on where they took them and based on what their EAV or expected value is going to be, was right in line or better in terms of the players. I mean, if, if a film scout doesn't like them particularly, that's on them. But when you compare their actual data, like what they did on paper, their production, their athleticism, their physical measurements, all those different kinds of things, the Patriots draft really wasn't that bad. I, I Again, people are only panning the Patriots draft because draft analysts didn't have the players they took in high regard. But then again, how many draft analysts actually watched Texas Chattanooga, you know, UT Chattanooga, I mean, How many were watching them every single week? Probably not a lot, you know. Um, So, again, I I feel like that's just just the sort of general consensus with the Patriots draft is I think when you actually look on the players they took, what they did on paper, the Patriots draft is a lot better than what people are saying. Now, again, is it the best draft in the class? Absolutely not. They pretty much were average in terms of improving their team, but they also didn't have – a ton of high-value draft picks either. So again, from that perspective, that's just kind of how you have to think about it, if that makes any sense.
2: Jim, who did the best and who did the worst? Who stood out to you in both regards, according to your data and the EV?
3: Well, probably the five best teams. So I'll just kind of give you the, the five best and the five worst real quick. The the best, the five best would be Kansas City at number one, um, the Falcons, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the and the Ravens. In terms of their overall sort of taking everything together. If you just want to talk about who improved their team the most out of everybody, like EAV, which is kind of what you were talking about. uh, You're looking at the saints, probably number one, Jacksonville, the giants, uh, the jets and the Falcons. And the worst would probably be the Miami dolphins. uh, The Rams at 31, the Steelers at 30, Cleveland at 29, uh, and then Arizona at 28, But I think probably the most embarrassing would probably be just the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's only because the Pittsburgh Steelers had a first-round pick. And in my data, Kenny Pickett doesn't really score that well. Now, Will Kenny Pickett become a starting quarterback and and prove me wrong? Absolutely, he could. There's been many quarterbacks that have proven me wrong based on their data. But more often than not, they don't. But at the same time, if you just look at Kenny Pickett from – how he performed and all the other picks the Steelers took just from general kind of looking at it, they probably were the worst just because again, they had more draft capital and yet they just picked so poorly, but the Dolphins would probably be the worst of the worst, just in terms of the picks that they took and the players that they got. But that also was because they didn't have a ton of draft capital. So you just have to kind of look at it from that perspective too.
2: Jim, anything else interesting that you think is worth mentioning about the Jets draft class or any of the other teams around the league specifically?
3: Well, the the only thing I can really say is this was the first first round that i have done where I didn't feel awful about a lot of the picks that were drafted. There's been a lot of first-round draft classes where I kind of look at it and go, yep, he's not going to work out. Yep, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Just being a data guy, you know, I, I know, again, a lot of times we can be kind of arrogant, like we know everything, which really we know about as much as anybody else, man. You know, we just have a different method of doing it. Um, but I just feel like this draft class in particular is probably going to be a special class. If you just look at their production, the athleticism marks, and those other sort of things, um, there was a lot of really athletic, players in this draft, a lot of really productive players in this draft. So I think this is probably going to be one of the better ones. So I would not be surprised when it's all said and done that we look back at this draft class as like a 2011 um, draft class um, or just, just sort of that class. that just has a ton of really good players. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but that's my general, I, you know, sort of feelings about the draft is I think a lot of teams got better I think there's going to be a lot of star players coming out of this draft class. And, and, you know, at least with the Jets, Brees Hall, I think has a good chance to be one of the best backs, uh, one of the best running backs in the NFL um, pretty soon, uh, which I think will be pretty exciting. Cause I think jet, the Jets really haven't had that type of a running back since say Curtis Martin, probably is probably the closest type of running back that, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of what they've had, you know, in, in the past, again, not trying, not to, not to talk bad about any of the other Jets running backs, you know, Blau Powell's and those other kind of guys. But uh, Curtis Martin uh, is probably the closest sort of back to like a Brees Hall in terms of like what you're going to get. The whole package, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, and, of course, LaDainian Tomlinson was probably a little bit older at the time. But, yeah, but Curtis Martin is probably the closest in terms of the back that the Jets drafted. That's going to have a, a pretty good impact for them.
2: Jim Coburn, thank you so much for coming on and talking through everything post-draft with me. Really appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you because you've got a different perspective and I love hearing about the data and analytics you have. For those that want to check out your work, see more about it and follow you on social media, how can they do that?
3: Absolutely. Uh, You can follow me at Jimmetrics on my Twitter. I post out a lot of my different uh, posts on the draft, different drafts, that kind of thing. And you can also go to my Patreon um, at patreon.com slash jcobern, J-C-O-B-E-R-N. On there, you can get the 2022 NFL Draft Analytics Guide, or you could also get the 2022 NFL Draft Analytics Guide, which I dubbed the Deep Cuts, which has over 1,322 players covered in that guide and over 340-plus player profiles than that. So if you just want to know more about this draft class based on the numbers and just based on their production, their athleticism, like all those different kinds of things, that is definitely a resource you want to get your hands on because it just it, it's immense. There's so much information in that. And I think anybody who, even though the draft is over, it's just something you want to have just to kind of look at the UDFAs and those other sort of things that might come through the door as well.
2: Make sure that you follow Jim on Twitter at Jimmetrics. Check out his draft analytics guide. Trust me, as he said, you want to get your hands on that. And of course, look at his Patreon and help him out there because he does a lot of fantastic work that nobody else is doing and it's well worth seeing. So make sure that you check out all that stuff and also visit us at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under Luke Grant has got some great All-22 reviews up, including reviews of all three of the Jets' first-round picks, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson. Watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. Dot com That's TEEPublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. TPublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.
1: That's chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. VGW Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.